and welcome to another edition of the Copcast podcast. We're going to try and help work you through this international break, which I'm sure everybody's well pissed off with. No one more so than me, given I've got a horrendous dead rubber damp squib football match to watch on, on Friday night um, with Northern Ireland playing the mighty Lithuania. So, to help me kind of come, come to terms with that, I've got Jay Reid, I've got Dave Carr, I've got Neil Patterson. We're going to look at how the Reds have fared so far this season, where we kind of see us going from here, and take a look at some of the other issues that have popped up in the news this week. So, Jay, look, let's just kick us off. We have been praised, lauded, celebrated for the attacking verve and number of wonderful goals that we've scored this season and almost almost playing in such a way that we are facilitating Mohamed Salah, in my opinion, to, to take a step to another level. But ultimately, that looks as though it's come at a bit of a cost. And I think, I'm just wondering what your opinion is on potentially the fact that we've had some really resounding victories against some teams blown sides away, looked absolutely, you know, scintillating at times. Has that maybe masked some of the issues that are, for me, quite apparent in this side at the minute? Uh, yeah, in the long and short, it's been very Jekyll and Hyde. Um when we're good, we're very, very good. We're frightening. Um, but when we're when we're poor, it's really poor. I it, it it's worryingly poor. Like the last couple of games, Brighton and West Ham. Like you, you could you could probably say Salah's been quiet. He, he's had occasions, chances. You know, he's done moments in the game, but he's been quiet, and we've looked arguably average. In those two games, um, we lost against West Ham. We we could have lost against Brighton. I don't think there would have been many to argue if, if we did. Um, but then you you look at like the performance against Watford and United, and even Atletico Madrid at times. I you you go out there, you strut your stuff, your levels above the opposition. You know you're too good for them, um, and it, it's. It's a bit strange to get your head round because we've become so accustomed to, to Liverpool under the club, especially under the last say, what, three years, the, the two Champions League finals, the league win, and last year was a bit of an anomaly, but we got things going in the end. Um, we've been this all-encompassing unit of a team that's just gone out there and done what it needs to do. With Obviously, there's been occasions where it's not gone to plan, but on the whole, 90% of the time, We've been this phenomenal team. Um, Man City alone is the best team in Europe at times and we're the only one who laid the glove on them for the last three years. Um, so we're doing something right. Are, are we are we a bit more open this year? Yeah, that's a fact. Um, is the holes in the team? Yeah. Um, could things have been done different in the summer? Yeah, for me. Um, and did we did we lose a big player and not replace him? And yeah, and that's Ginny Wijnaldum. It's not as simple as you know that one player was the team, but it is as simple as to see now that you don't know what you've got till it's gone. Um, 
and now it's becoming a little bit more evident. I think as games go on, that we are missing his experiences, his tactical knowledge, his know-how in the middle of the park, and obviously when there's some back injuries and we may be playing a little bit different. Um, but but for me, it, it is it, it's not as simple as we're missing one band, but we're playing differently. We're maybe a little bit more too open, and whether this is Klopp trying to transform the team and play it in a different way and sort of move with the times, I don't know. Um, but it is worrying that we can be so good but also so bad at the same time that you know we, we need to sort of maybe find this middle ground and maybe grind out a couple of one nils, two nils, two ones, whatever, and and maybe have a run of five or six games where we're a bit boring, but we we just get the win on the board and we we don't do anything too exuberant, but we just get the points and we get home. And you know Chelsea have done it this season; they've had a few big wins, but clean sheets tend to lead to wins, um, and maybe that's what we need to get back to. Just because if, if we can see goals, we still seem to win. But when we keep a clean sheet, we do. And that, that sounds so Michael Owen comment, but it is just fact. <laughs> yeah, it is just fact, Dave. It's. I find this really bizarre watching this Liverpool side this year. If if I cite back to kind of 2019 Champions League final where we, we get the early penalty against Spurs and like we literally shut up shop. Is what we do. We try and nick another one, and we do eventually, like right at the end of the game. And that kind of signalled a, a transformation in this team. And we went into the the title winning season with about like minus four goals conceded in the first twenty games, or some like ridiculously absurd defensive record. And that I don't know. Is it mentality? Is it tactical? But that. That um, approach, we've seen. I feel we've seen a departure from that, which I find very strange because it's it's what it's what's given us the success in terms of trophies. I think you've seen a departure in the form as well of, of Jordan Henderson as a major part of that in the midfield. Um, you, you know, there's no doubt about it. He was leading by example, blah blah blah, through that period that you're talking about, and he's not at the moment. He's just simply not. And I think that when, when you know, Jay touched on it, um, you know, this midfield's a disaster at the minute. There's there's no... And, and look, Fabinho's been great. He had a bad game against West Ham. But when he, when he loses his shit and the other two beside him aren't doing... You, you know, it keeps going back to Genie. It all keeps going back to Genie, not being replaced. And, and, and I feel that so far this season... We're, you know, not that we don't mix and match our midfields a lot anyway, we do. But we generally know what we're mixing and matching. I don't think we do. I, I don't think he's worked out just yet what to do with the midfield. And that lack of cohesion in that midfield is causing extra pressure then on the back two and, and what we're seeing. And, you know, look, we saw Van Dijk, a couple of last-ditch tackles, a lot of last-ditch tackles actually in the two or three games coming up. Brilliant tackles, you know, but those aren't Virgil van Dijk tackles. You know, he doesn't... <laughs> He doesn't get left at the last moment. It's not a last gaps thing. And I think it's teams are just playing through our midfield like it's not there. Um, you know, e- either that or, you know, we played against United and, and, and we dominated the midfield because they're just, their tactics are stupid. That's, that's basically it. Um, but Dave, I, I don't, I, I think that all our problems 
the whole... You know, when the, when the midfield's good, we're good. When the midfield is, is under pressure and overrun, we are in deep, deep shit. And it doesn't matter that we've got the best centre-back in the world back there and, and Joel Matip, who is, who is a very good foil for him. Um, we're also playing this exceedingly high line, which we're... You know, we saw it against... We saw it with Griezmann, catching us out. We saw it with Antonio. It, it's it's a tactic that's, that's working against us. Um, and and then, you know, we, we, we spoke previously about the set pieces and whatnot. I think it's it's time to regroup. I think the Thiago's um, like honestly, he's in his second season and feels like you know feels like a fucking visitor. You know what I mean? He doesn't feel part of it. That to me, Thiago, he hasn't had a long enough run to be accustomed to him in the team. Even um, you know, and and I think that's and you've had Fabinho in and out, and Fabinho normally is you know like Linders calls him the lighthouse, and 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 he is that. And and he brings a lot of stability there, but as we saw against West Ham, he, he's a bad game at him. They, they all do, and w- and when that happens, I think it really highlights. You know, we mentioned Ox as well. You, you know, it really highlights the other two um, and their inconsistencies. But I do think, Dave, I, 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 and this is, uh, please don't think that there's me going back onto my let's whip Jordan Henderson. I just think that since that contract's been given to him, we haven't seen anything anything worthy of the money that we're, we're, we're outlaying. And it's actually a concern to me um, that if it continues that we've outlaid this 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 contract where we're fucking stumbling our way through the Salah contract, which I believe will, will be sorted. But I'd rather have been seeing us stumbling through the, the, the Henderson contract than the Salah one because he's just not there this season. And I think that that is a major, major point of what you're trying to get at. Yeah, Chief, you know, the midfield is the the topic of conversation for most Liverpool fans at the moment. A lot of individual players have come in for a lot of criticism. Um, Fabinho at the weekend, Henderson, Chamberlain, um, Milner, inevitably, because he's, he's old, so people don't like him. Um People are still on the fence about Naby Keita, despite his, his form when he is available. But I just wonder. For me, for me, I don't know. I kind of feel like tactically, the midfield's getting a little bit hung out to dry at the minute, and they've got an increasingly difficult job to do. Certainly more difficult than maybe it previously was. And I don't know. Do you think that that's down to instructions? From the manager, or is it is it is it a personnel thing? Is it we is it we don't have the obvious admission omission of of Wijnaldum, and maybe we we don't have that understanding that as as you mentioned in the previous fall, just to sort shit out in the pits whenever we have to. Yeah, I think it's probably a little bit of everything. Jeannie um, going is. It, is a massive part of it because I don't think that uh, as fans, I think we we love Jeannie, but I don't think we appreciated just how important he was in there, just what a good job he was doing, um, just how tactically switched on he was, for example. You know, for the first few years Jeannie played, a lot of people would say, oh, I don't know what one album does. Well, I think now everyone knows what, what one album does. Um, because nobody's doing it at the moment, um, and it's a big problem. 
you couple that with what you mentioned before, Trent sort of pushing further up. What I mentioned before, the defence not being up to much given the injuries and not being at full form. I shouldn't say not up to much, but but not being certainly back at, at full form. Um, that understanding that was there um, has been disrupted. It, it's plain and simple. Um, Henderson's off form, as, as Dave's mentioned. Um, Perhaps the midfield is being asked to do something slightly different. It's always had a lot of pressure put on it. I mean, you know, it's a thankless task really playing in a in a club midfield because you don't get much glory, you don't get the goals, and you know after four seasons you've still got fans saying, "Oh, I don't know what he does." <laughs> so, um, it's it's not the glamour position in a club team. That's that's for sure. Um, but I think everything is just a little bit off, and we've had this before with with. This Liverpool side is when something's not quite right. Um, it can knock everything off just that little bit. And if everything, if a system-based team has sort of small problems in all over the pitch, it quickly unravels. Um, so yeah, I'm not convinced that it's a big shift in what we're asking the midfield to do. Um, I would agree that they're more exposed, but I would put that more down to the factors I've sort of mentioned in in terms of, you know, the the injuries and the and the personnel and the the lack of replacing Genie because you look at that midfield and you, and you you go through it and apart from Fabinho, who has come back from injury and actually to be fair when you think about it he always takes a little while to get back to his best when he's been out for a bit. He got injured the last international break, didn't he? That he went away with Brazil, he came back, missed Atletico, missed a couple of games, missed United, and then he stank the place out there at the weekend. Um, but it's not altogether uh, unfamiliar, as I've just referenced, for that to happen. Um, so, but I think the point I was making is you, you can go through them all, and there aren't really many defensive minded midfielders in there. We've tried to turn Curtis Jones into one, but certainly in the under 23s and coming up, he was always much more of an attacking force, uh, a midfielder. He liked to score goals um, rather than the sensible, tactically aware sitter who who sticks his arse out, holds onto the ball, never gives the ball away. Um, Nabi Kaida, brilliant when he's on form, when, when he's fit, uh, has the odd mayor of a game, but Generally, that's when he hasn't uh, played for a while again, but certainly played himself in the great form and then done his hamstring. He's out, but he's an attacking player. Oxley Chamberlain, he just annoys me. He just annoys me. But apart from my personal preferences, he's he's an attacking midfielder. He's not very tactically aware and he's certainly not very good at holding on to the ball. Um, and you can go through and through and through and we don't have that tactically aware sitting midfielder other than other than a Fabinho or a Henderson. So the, um, when they're off form um, and Milner's injured as well, um, then then you struggle a bit there um, to cover that position. So I don't think it's a don't think it's a massive surprise. Um, I think a lot of people in the summer called for one more um, and. Harvey Elliott injury, not with, even notwithstanding, because he's an attacking player as well, and he's actually a front three player who we're trying to 
adapt to being a midfield player uh, for us. So we should have signed somebody else in the summer. It was said then, it's not hindsight and it's not belly again. When you try to do things on the cheap, which is what FSG have done in the last couple of years, not, they didn't double down like they said they would do when they won the title. They didn't make that marquee signing that we've all been dreaming about and, and salivating over and imagining. And we've gone now two, three seasons without major investment. We've added here and there, of course, but we've also lost key key figures. So, you know, you pay the price eventually. You pay the price. Other teams have, have continued to invest and continued to improve. And I'm not saying we've stood still because we haven't. There have been a few changes, but the consolidation wasn't made when it should have been. And we're playing catch up really now. And you're talking about injuries and and um, Mane tonight and, and Harvey Elliott going out the start of the season. And Fabinho's been out for a few games and Firmino's out for a month now. And, you know, and everyone goes, oh, well, you can't plan for that. But actually you can. You know, that's it's called mit- mitigation. And, um, you know, Spurs didn't sign for a few years. They've dropped off massively. Arsenal didn't sign for six or seven years. Look where they ended up. And, you know, we had the best team in the world without a shadow of a doubt. But at the moment, we don't anymore. Um, we have some, some cracking players. We have a cracking squad. But we don't have the replacements when when we need them. When we do take three or four injuries, and it's not it's not ten years ago. It's it's not uncommon now to get a lot of injuries because we play a lot of games. The games are f- much faster. We're playing with much less recovery time. So you know, it, it's we're 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 reaping the the whirlwind a little bit at the moment in in terms of this. We're playing. We're, we're we're a side that has got, or a club that at the moment has got so little, such a small margin for error or mishap that you're you're setting yourself up for a fall, really. So the midfield, the big problem with the midfield is we had four central midfielders injured at the same time, or three or four. I think it was four, and none of them. Well, Miller's still out. Kaida's still out. Um, Chamberlain, well. Jury's out still. Um, you've got Fabinho just coming back. Thiago, well, barely just coming back. So that's the problem. You know, we didn't have the cover. And and now we're, we're sort of paying the price. Yeah. Jay, um, a lot has been said about one more, one more. And I, I get that. And I was probably in the camp of one more. But there's the numbers thing to think about. And you probably think we have the offload before, before we bring one in. And... I just wonder, you know, we've talked about the midfield, we've talked about the deficiencies and the issues there. I just wonder what your thoughts are on how how far is Tiago, how far does he go to being the solution to the problems that we're experiencing right now? Um, last 10 games of last season says he is the answer. Um, but then his fitness record says he isn't. It's probably as simple as that. Some people thought Thiago was the genie replacement that he was brought in, you know, as a, as a controlling midfielder, different type of, you know, tactical acumen to 
to why not hold them. But both like to, you know, get on the ball and maybe Wijnaldum recycled it and carried it a bit more where Thiago was more of a picker pass and, you know, progressive attacking passes more. I don't know. That that's that just what you what you sort of see and hear and read. Um but is he injury prone? It's it's maybe that's a term that's a bit loosely banded about, but he he does pick up knocks and you know last season that wasn't like a muscular injury that was a, a savage injury from Richardson that put him out for months. Um, but then when he did eventually get back around about the end of February and we needed him um, and we could actually get him and Fabinho back in the field, we we were carried by them two lads because we had two not centre halves at the back and we got three one on those two in midfield, just keeping the ball, keeping it nice and simple, taking it off the lads and just put a guess and I play through the field. Um, this year, he's not really been there. I don't think he's played more than three games in the bounce. Um, so, you know, you, you can't really judge him, but we do look a better balanced side with him in there. Um, I was saying to you before, before we uh, started recording, like, we, we've got too many attacking number eights, as it would be. Like Henderson's natural game, really, is a box-to-box midfielder, a number eight. He can't do number six, um, but nowhere near as good as Fabinho, and that's not his fault. It's just a fact of how it is. And then you've got Elias, Jones, Oxley, Jamie, and Cater. Naturally, box-to-box or attacking number eights. Thiago can probably play anywhere across the midfield because he's, he's such a gifted player. Um, and then you've got Milner who can fill in here, there and everywhere but if anything Milner's probably the only one who can replicate where we had Wijnaldum and, and sit in and play that left role because he, he did play left back for the year so it's it's easier natural for him to drop in and, and fill in at left back or you know the left side of midfield but we need to just get four midfielders five midfielders if we can fit and on, on the squad at any one time because as Neil said we, we had what four injuries five injuries at once obviously we were, we were all impressed with Elliot but we, we were banking on a kid and if anything he replaced Shaqiri in the squad for me um, Jones you, you could arguably say has stepped up into more of a squad role this season but it, it still remains we needed that one more and was Thiago that one more maybe Um but we we seen it with defence the year before. We didn't invest in centre-half and that kick was in the teeth last year and we got through just about. And is it is it is it lack of investment? Is it Klopp not wanting players that are offered to him because he wants a certain one? We've seen with Virgil that he was happy to hold out and wait until he got the man he wanted. Is there somebody out there that Klopp really wants and anyone else that's offered to him he's not interested? We, we don't know, but... At the end of the day, it looks negligent that we've we've got so thin on the ground because we've got a lot of midfielders who tend to pick up injuries on a regular basis. Um, if we can get, you know, Henderson, Fabinho, Thiago, and then say Jones and Milner fit at any one time, then that that's enough. You can sort of get by with a few injuries, but we have been very unfortunate like we were last year with having all the injuries concentrated to one pass the pitch 
Um, we just need to see Thiago available. And with us being qualified in the Champions League, we've got two games to play for free, in effect. I'd like to see us manage the squad in what we've got and hopefully um, we get through the international break and no more injuries come up, especially in the field area because Henderson is away with England. Um, Fabinho's away with Brazil, so hopefully those lads come back with anything other than a full bill of health because we're going into the nitty-gritty now with games are thick and fast, but we've got opportunities to, to rotate and allow players to rest and recover and we need to do that because we need these lads in the middle. That's what's killing us at the end of the day. The midfield is killing us one way or the other. So we've got to find a way to get them fit and, and, and firing and, and playing without getting them injured. Yeah, Dave, I think it's fair. That injury-wise, negligence-wise, numbers-wise, quality-wise, whatever, we, we probably don't have the cover that we need in the midfield right now. Where we do have cover is at left-back. And we brought this lad in last season and we saw him for about 15 minutes at some point. Um, and we didn't really know and, we're kinda, and people were saying, you know, you spent the money on this lad and he blah, 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 and you could have done this and added it onto that and bought the fucking centre-half or whatever it was. And then... Young Costas rocks up at the start of this season and honestly, form wise, it's if if you'd never seen Liverpool play before in your life, you'd be picking him out as, as the starting left back. He 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 would have the he would have the, the first first pick at, at that spot on the pitch. But it's not, it's not the case. Yet. Um, and, and, and Dave, I hope very much it isn't the case either, because I would like to see, uh, I'd like to see Andy Robertson get back to to, to what he does, um, and and hopefully it's it's just a dip in form and nothing more. But uh, right now, I wouldn't have any problems to see him see him drop out for for a few games. Um, but isn't that the, you have to, the thing? Is there's a number of areas in the pitch that we've talked about that if that happens, Manny's a great example where mm-hmm. he's not, he hasn't, he, he wasn't firing for six months there, but he didn't really have a viable alternative. We well, do here. We do, absolutely. Um, but it's Klopp, and Klopp loves his continuity. Um, you know, he, he'll go with his best 11 as he sees it, regardless of form. I don't think form comes into it. And, and and I would say, Dave, obviously it's something that he's seeing in training that we don't, you know, behind closed doors. Um, so maybe he just wants Ali Robinson to play himself through this. Uh, but there's certainly, there's definitely a case being made at the moment um, for Costas to start. Absolutely. His delivery has been sublime at times in games where Ali Robinson at, at the moment, his crosses just don't, they're just not cutting it. Um, he, he, is he tired? Is it just too much football? Is it just maybe his head's away with it? Uh, you know, with this option, send him away for a couple of weeks, you know, get get his head shard. But there's no doubt about it that there's steps in there. And, and Dave, look, it's beyond that anyway, because you've got a Joe Gomez sitting there. Um, like our, the, the, the big problem that we had in that lunacy that was meant to be in a season last season, but I wouldn't call it that. Um, 
was we had no defenders. Fucking hell, we have defenders and fucking coat hangers here at the minute. Don't know what to do with them. Um, you know, there's a part of me, you know, you talked about this, this trend role and, 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 you know, how advanced he's becoming and, you know, it's a little bit more in a win back now. And I'm just wondering, is there a transition coming here? No, don't. Um, I, 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 know, I know, I know, I'm saying, I'm wondering, I'm not saying it's going to, and, and, and that's my own, because I've seen it bandied about. You know, said Pan. Oh, why don't we move Trent? He started out as a defensive midfielder, blah, blah blah. Yeah, he started out as that, but he's not that anymore. Um, and there's no doubt about it; he could do a job for you, probably up and down uh, uh, the, the right hand side there. But uh, you know, uh, as we spoke about earlier, you know, he's evolved this role to be his own. He, he, he's, a, he's a special player. Um, I think what Trent Dave is, it's it's not what you get if you move him in the midfield. It's what you lose. It's what you lose. Exactly. Left, right I, 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 no, I agree. I'm, I'm I'm a subscriber, Dave. I'm not I'm I'm not subscribed to this. I'm just saying it's a train of thought that that that's been bandied about quite a bit at the moment. Um, and, and and as you say, look, our midfield is under the microscope big time. But I think it's a case of getting getting the injuries out of the way and that's and it's the story of our bloody season every year it was the defence last season now it's the fucking midfield um, you know fuck come January it's going to be well we'll have no fucking strikers because they're fucking off on us um, you know it's I, I look at this and, and, and you look at you know that, that game against West Ham and that, that, that was coming that was coming I know we were on this great run and everything but uh, Dave I did something that I never do in that West Ham game, we went 3-1 down, I switched off. And, you know, maybe I had done that pre-clop during Rogers' time, many a time I fucking switched off to, to stop the pain. But, you know, we're in a clop era here where we have turned games around and we are this magnificent beast that we weren't, we're not that at the minute. And, and we've been hobbling our way towards this defeat because we're not that beast anymore. And, look, this club existed before Jeannie Wijnaldum was fucking born. And it'll exist long after he's gone. And like, you can't pin it all on Gini Wijnaldum. There's, there, there's, there's something more. Uh, you know, like Stevie Gerrard left us, uh, went to LA. We, you know, an icon of the club. We, we, we soldiered on. And that's what we've got to do here. It's got to soldier on. And I don't know whether it's backroom. I don't know whether it's on the pitch. I don't know whether it's just getting these injuries sorted, getting some continuity started or whatever. But no, it's not that. I, I, I struggle to find what's wrong, Dave. I struggle to find what's wrong. Um, yeah. I, 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 teams I, have worked us out. Are we too fucking predictable? You know what you're getting straight out of the tennis. 4-3-3. There's no surprises. There's no fucking shocks coming your way. We are what we are. We're very good at it. But a good team, you know, we saw this with Chelsea. Chelsea went down to 10 men against us. And, and you have fucking 10 world-class players behind a fucking ball. We're going no place. Because we're easy worked out. Chief, uh, I kind of take what Dave's saying, but I think if we're recording this pod after United, or if we're recording this pod after Atletico, um, we're having a. I think we're probably having a very different conversation. And we, we as football fans, we are notoriously fickle. Um, but you know, you're only papering over the cracks by suggesting that, Dave. That's well, what we were doing as fans. We were papering over the cracks of what well, was coming. Maybe yeah. so. We didn't want to admit it. Okay, so you can say I that, Chief. You can say that, but let's not forget here. Let's not forget. This team's gone 26 games unbeaten 
that is absolutely like, like that's no that's main thing. It's no, it's it's eighty-two, and before that, like nineteen no. fucking twenty something. That is absolutely. You know that we can't. Surely we can't make all of our judgments and assessments on this team based on the last match that they played. No, no, certainly not. Certainly not. Um, but listen, as football fans, as you rightly say about if we rec- we record the pod after United, I'm sure we were all fucking singing and dancing. You know, Atletico, we were happy with the win. You'd say we were there, and at that time, you'd have said, really fucking tough place to go. Nobody goes there and gets a result, and we've gone there. And But for possibly a little bit of complacency and, um, you know, switching off a bit, we uh, we, we possibly could have got a, a, a more convincing result there. The flip side is, somebody would have said on the... You know, a neutral or or a fan of another club, and I said, I will. Maybe it was just that Atletico worked out a wee bit, and then you know they were in the ascendancy, and you you were quite lucky to to not to a to 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 beat them with a pen and, and a red card, and, and b not to concede a penalty, and and get and get pegged back. But we are led by results a little bit, even even when we try not to be, because uh, ultimately the result. Certainly in, in in English football, certainly the way we've been brought up, the result's all important. Um, but I take Dave's point as well in that we've all been sort of saying, oh, fuck, we're lucky there. Or, or that's, you know, we've, we've chucked in a couple. The Chelsea game was a poor result. I don't, I don't care. You play against 10 men for half an hour and you can't score. That's not great. City game. We draw that as well. We threw the lead away twice. Yeah, exactly. Um, we're two 0 up against Brighton. We throw that lead away. We're two 0 up against Atletico. We throw that lead away. We're, we're th- what two one and three two against Brighton or Brentford, sorry. Or we're ahead twice in the game anyway. We get pegged back in that game. Um, and of course, we have the weekend. Uh, what happened there? So you could say as a fan of another club, that this has been in the post for Liverpool for ages and now it's finally caught up with them. If you're us, you'd say, well, you're on a 25-game, 26-game unbeaten run. It has to end sometime. That was also in the post. And now it's what happens next. And this team is is notorious for, um, for bouncing back quickly and putting a run together after, after being beaten. Um, and we have to give respect to West Ham here. Oh, they played well, but they weren't brilliant. They no, weren't they weren't brilliant, brilliant. But I think what we have seen is the results against the results against the other top sides this year have been absolutely superb, and they're not fourth in the table for no reason. No, so no. The, 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 this, this, this is yeah. This this isn't your this isn't your stereotypical you know mid table away fixture. No. It's not like last season. For example, some of the defeats last season. Having said that, even though we probably should have drawn, and even though they should have had a man sent off, and even though their first goal was dodgy as fuck, they were they were the team that were in the ascendancy from apart from twenty minutes or thirty minutes in the first half when they're when they're hanging on to the one nil. When we after we equalised, they're they're the team that looks more likely. Um, we're not dominating the ball and then making mistakes. 
although our goal, although the goals come from from not brilliant defending, they're not exactly mistakes. Um, Fabinho gives the ball away, uh, but then there's 80 yards before the goal happens. Uh, and we yeah we we make the wrong decisions by not bringing them down, not taking a tackle foul as we mentioned, but it's not a mistake. So so they have outplayed us a little bit at, at, at times in that game, and they've certainly matched us, which is a bit worrying because it's a David Moyes side, and it's it's oh, for all they've done well this season, we're still better. We've still got a much more expensive squad. We've still got a much more highly paid manager and highly qualified manager in terms of trophies won and all the rest of it. So it's worrying. It's worrying to go up against a team like West Ham, who probably will finish the season fifth or sixth, um, and and basically get soundly beaten, not battered, but soundly beaten. Uh, Mane's last minute miss, notwithstanding. But um, but yeah, the, the flip side, you know, it can go either way from here. And what's important really is what comes next, because we've seen last season that. It's not a given that we we now bounce back. Having said that, we've seen before that you know after a, a long run and then a defeat, we we have bounced back really well. So it could go either way. Um, Neil, I th- can I butt in? Can I go for it? You know, you, you're basing that off that anomaly that was last season. I don't no, think I'm we not, can. I'm, ba- I'm basing I, I, it off of what we've what we've seen from this Liverpool side this uh-huh. season. Which, no, but, which, but but if you ta- if you take that you take that season out, isolate it, and remove it. Whenever we have lost after a run, it redoubles, yeah, we yeah. redouble our efforts. And, if, that's and, 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 and that's what I want to believe. I want to take last season as that anomaly that, that we are just going to bounce back after this. Excellent. Well, no, I, I listen, nobody nobody hates last season more than me. I mean, I, they should have bloody cancelled it because it's made a mockery of everything. But unfortunately, you know, people will point to that, and you know, it did happen. It's got to be in the players' minds as well. You know, it's it's not just us, not just in the fans. The players went through that, and at that point during last season, we didn't think we'd get another win. You didn't couldn't see where it was coming from, and then of course we got our players be, began to come back, and it started to work. So again, you know, you you bring it back to sort of what we talked about a minute ago, injuries and so on. But at the end of the day. We have to bounce back now because we've got a Chelsea side that threw in a wobble against Burnley, um, but they've been let off the hook. We've got a City side that threw in a bigger wobble against Palace, but they've been let off the hook. And we're we're four points behind going into this international break against a Chelsea side that, while they did slip up slightly, they don't look like conceding many goals. And we look... I've been mentioned before, we look open. So we've got to find a way over this next two weeks to to redouble, as you mentioned, Dave, and, and batten down the hatches, basically, and just say, right, next game is a clean sheet. When was the last time we got a clean sheet against a side that bothered, you know, trying to attack? I mean, Man, Man United um, is, uh, is uh, not so long ago, but we owned that game, and as Dave said, they had stupid tactics. So, so yeah, it, it can go either way, but it's not necessary. <laughs> I love the way you use the word tactics, like it was a thing for them. Like they had tactics. Like they had tactics. <laughs> Any tactics. Uh, but, yeah, we we won't play. Unfortunately, we won't play such badly organized sides week in, week out. Yeah. And we have to find a way to, 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 
to 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 win games and 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 see games out against teams that are better organised and are trying to pick holes in us. Yeah, it's it's. I'm I'm going to look at this. I, I like I like to find like parallels and symmetry and and serendipity in football. And and last season we go to West Ham and we're fucking amazing. And Salah scores that like the best counter attacking goal you've ever seen. And we look like oh do you know what. Doesn't doesn't matter about the injuries because we're that fucking good. We're going to go home in the league, and then we like lose six games in a row at home, and we're fucking out of it. Right, and that that was the thing that was the last the game before the West Brom and all the shit hit the fan. So I'm going to just presume that the opposite, the mirror image, is going to happen this year, where we lose at West Ham and everything's terrible, and now we just go and just dominate everyone from here on in. So Jay, let's take it away from from the pitch for a second. Um, Michael Edwards has announced that he will leave at the end of the season. He will not renew his contract. Um, there's a lot of like stress and anxiety around this this bombshell that we kind of all knew. <laughs> anyway, but I just wonder, like, we love a name and we love a face, as like both pictures of his face that we have. Um, depend uh, an achievement on, or you know, advocate that this individual is responsible for X, Y, and Z happening. But ultimately, you know, it, it is like it's idiotic to believe that he's the guy that goes and, goes and scouts all the players, that does all the analysis of them, that deals with the agent, that deals with the club, that deals with the player, that links with the manager and he will do a number of those different things but he he's a cog in a wheel yes probably a very significant cog but a cog in the wheel nonetheless yeah am i right yeah he, did, he was the sporting director with Dallas title something like yeah. that um so he's the boss like he's not doing all the dirty work he's not getting his hands dirty we all know business works the director's at the top sit there and they just make the yes no decisions and they get paid the big bucks for it in a sense in a sense of a word like it's the people at the bottom who do all the hard craft and do all the hands on work. Um so as important as he is and as great as he's been for the role he's done, like it's not the end of the world. You're not using your we're not losing Jurgen Klopp who is probably the most important figure at the club, arguably. Um no one's not. No one's irreplaceable, um, and I'm sure the fact that we all knew Edwards was going months and months ago, the fact that it's been officially announced now is probably to me the club have done the due diligence and thought right. Well, who do we get in to take this role on, and do we get someone from the outside, um, or do we go from within, which is what the club's done and put Julian Ward in who used to be the head of the scouting, sorry, head of the loan department was his last position, but he held the position as a scouting um, yeah, he was person in Portugal and Spain. Spain. Uh, um, worked so under Carlos for, for the Portugal national side, I think, as well. Yeah, so he's got, like, for, for a young fella, he's got a decent CV. Yeah, most significantly of all, I think he spent a couple of years at Lorne. So... You know what? What more credentials do you need? 
that's what, lost what on me. That, that, that's lost on me. He might as well have worked in the field. <laughs> um, Dave, Dave will appreciate that, isn't that right, Dave? <laughs> Absolutely, totally not. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like this fellow's he's he's done his he's done his graft. Like he's obviously in the position, and you know, is it is it tight from FSG not to go out there and get a big glamorous name, or is it just a the way they work that you know they're promoting from within and this fella knows the system it knows how the machine runs and he is the next best cog to fit in that machine as it would be um i think what michael edwards said in the statements was he only ever planned on doing 10 years and that's what he's done at the club like through various positions and he's he plans to move on and do whatever he wants to do like that's fair like he's a young lad he's, he's very successful in what he's done He's only 42, so he's, he's got a, the world ahead of him, whatever he wants. I'm sure he won't be short of offers. But, as you say, he's not he's not the be-all and end-all. And there's like, what, three pictures online of him? Because his best work is work that's not put out there in the public. Um, you know, have we done enough on transfers? Probably not, but will things change? We don't know. Um, but, you can't argue with the club operates in a certain way it's been successful it's it's been built as much as FSG gets slandered for what they've done they've built it into a successful club off the field as well as on the field and we're much more of a powerhouse now off the field as as we were in, in the 90s when we were always chasing United so we, we have done the right things and you know you, you put the, the hindsight of what they've done in, in, in some respects to one side and say that they should have probably made the right decision here. Time will tell, but I think we've made the right decision in probably recruiting from within and putting a lad in charge who knows the club, knows the players, knows the, the setup. And I, I think we'll be just fine. Hopefully we'll we'll continue to roll on and maybe we might get some some more transfers in the door and he makes the, the decisions from players that he might see in Spain and Portugal that he knows of that are that are worthy of playing in a red shirt. Yeah, Dave, you'd hope that Julian Ward is is the guy that like breaks into John Henry's house with a gun and like a balaclava and just holds a gun to his head and speaks like, "I need four hundred and sixty million pounds in transfer fees, or you're dead." So he might be that guy, and that might be great. But this is this, that the lamb background. <laughs> but but Dave, you're, you're missing a valuable point here. Do you think Michael Edwards is going to walk away without us not having our fucking transfer targets probably for the next two or three seasons? Pretty much. Pretty much nailed on. Well, Dave, this, you know is, what I mean? gonna, this is what I was going to say to you. This, this is you, you advocated for continuity um, mm-hmm. on the pitch, and it's the same off the pitch. And this is very much the way that the FSD do operate. We've seen it with the likes of you know lenders being promoted within uh, in, in the coaching staff. Um, we've seen these bits and pieces happen before, and you would you'd imagine. Edwards has FSG have known and John Henry has known long before we have that Edwards was not going to use contract and you you would suspect that surely there's got to be some sort of succession plan that's taken place over I don't know how long Absolutely there has and I would dare say that probably the, the, the plan hasn't even been needed uh, or isn't needed immediately because of the work and the you know the length of time that, that Edwards has been in the club which he alluded to you know what I mean everything when we started to get it right, 
And 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 we have been getting it right for for quite a few seasons now. One would imagine, and that's why I said, you know, that, that continuity is going to be there. And uh, look, at the end of the day, as you said, a couple of photographs on, uh, of them online and whatnot. I think maybe where we'll lose the most is, from what I'm led to believe, the guy is a master negotiator, um, and that is really his his strength is his negotiating skills. And, you know, we've seen us get a lot of money for players that we sell that we never thought we would ever see. But again, hopefully that's, you know, that's transferable. It's a skill that the, the people who have been around him and his team have seen him and how he operates. And, and, and that's transferable, hopefully. Dave, I'm not, I, I, like, you know, I, I, he's done a fantastic job and thank you so much to him for If he wants to go and do what he wants to do now, fine. I don't think it's the biggest problem in the world for us. I really, I, I've been think it's the end of the world yeah chief i i tend to agree with the guys um you know we we all and most people and and some more than others have their issues with with transfers and transfer strategy and money spent etc 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 um and certainly some of the let's say fan impacting decisions that FSG have made and ultimately you turned on but in saying that this is the department where they really shine in isn't it this backroom structure that basically lays the groundwork for everything that we have seen that's been amazing over the last few years yeah I mean it, it, it's gone very very well um the recruitment, obviously, since certainly since Klopp came in, and um, you know, before that, there was obviously the 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 fucking famed transfer committee, which um, I think Edwards was part of, and uh, obviously it was undermined quite a lot by the manager at the time, one one Brendan Rodgers wanting to sign your man from Swansea. What do you call that defender? I can't remember his name, but him and the like. Ben Take was another one. Williams. That's it, Ashley. Ashley, uh, absolutely. Um, so you know, it hasn't all been been plain sailing for him at the club, uh, but certainly in the club era, you know, it's been hit after hit after hit. Um, obviously, last couple of windows, the activity's been um, a little quieter than than uh, or a little less frenetic, and certainly a little quieter than than. Than some fans would have hoped. Suffocating, some might say. Yeah, and I'm included. I, I definitely think we should. Last season we should have signed a centre back before going into it, and this season we should we, we should have added another in midfield. I don't think not. I'm by by far not alone in saying that, or I'm far from alone in, in thinking that. But that's not down to him, you know. That's that's down to probably decisions made above above him, or or perhaps by Klopp, or who who knows. Uh, but it's it's not necessarily down to him. So, yeah, he's, he, FSC have, have done well by putting that structure in place, and um, that structure was there when Klopp came in, and and that's enabled him to go on and produce what he's produced and create what he's created. So you know they go hand hand in hand or hand in glove, whichever one you like. Um, I think promoting from within makes sense, as you said. You know, somebody who knows the system, knows what's been going on. As Dave mentioned, probably someone who knows who the transfer targets are, uh, has been probably involved in the, the negotiations and certainly the work. 
uh, and trying to uh, pin them down and, and speak to agents and all the rest of it in the last certainly you would think in the last year given it's Edward being Edward's uh, intent has made his intent to go sort of public for a while now we've known about it for, for, for a good while so I'm sure he's been involved um, and I'm sure targets are lined up or as lined up as they can be um, so it makes sense I'm, I don't know if he's going to be brilliant at the job I don't know if he's going to be as good a negotiator as Edwards, or he's going to have that that sort of Midas touch. Sure, who knows how you know exactly to what extent uh, Edwards was was involved in or responsible for Neil as well. Liverpool the minute Liverpool the minute doesn't take much selling. Players want to come. Well, yeah, it's another point. Absolutely, and certainly. Certainly, that was true a couple of seasons ago, and I'm sure it's it's still the case. And a, a good show in this season, you know, will uh, will um, consolidate that idea amongst amongst players. Um, you know, it's a top club; they're in in the major competitions, in with the chance of winning the major competitions. They've got one of, if not the best manager in the world. They're in probably the best league in the world at the moment, uh, although. Not all the time, but but at the moment. So you're absolutely right. It's a, it's shouldn't be a hard sell, really. Um, so yeah, let's just see how it goes. It, it's it, to all intents and purposes, it seems like a a, a wise move to appoint uh, Ward. Uh, and you know, if Michael Edwards only wanted to do ten years, and he's done them. Then fair play to him. Could I just throw in? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think, like the timing of this? You know, appointing Julian Ward and or saying he's, he's the next man in line and whatever. Mo Salah's contract is due. Do you think it's one of these things where they say like, you know, a bit of PR and they put Julian Ward in the picture and Michael Edwards and sort of make it look like a, you know, like, this is this is a, p- a passing the baton sort of thing with Salah's contract and all that. Like, yeah, it could be uh, a PR I, exercise. Um, I've been told whispers like that the Salah contract is absolutely no problem with. It's just it's it's being sorted and it will be signed and there's like nearly two years left on it. Nobody should be panicking about it. Now, from a very reliable, a usual reliable person, has completely relaxed about it. So that could be a thing, Jay. Yeah, I, I I'm, not, just, I'm, not the wor- I'm not worried necessarily about about the the Salah contract. What, I'm not worried about it. I just think it. Yeah. Did the PR aspect of maybe that's it putting this guy's face to it? Do you know what Again, I mean? Again, like, yeah, it would. It would know about a few fans. It would be very FSC. It would be. There's no doubt. So uh, listen, just to, just take us along here, um, Jay. It's some people find it weird. I, I I don't at all for some reason. I'm completely apathetic to it. But Stephen Gerrard's a Premier League manager and. Um, I don't know. I don't know. How do you feel about this? Is I'm it happy, strange I'm happy for you? For him. I don't, well, he's, he's a bad from my neck of the woods. We grew up in the same part of Liverpool, and you know, he's he's someone who, you know, who I met as a young child and idolised. Like even though he's only a few years older than me, he was he was an idol on the pitch, and he won't really do much wrong because he's, you know, he's he's not going to do Michael Owen and, and go and have an affiliation with United or even, you know, Rafa Benitez who, you know, he's still a he's still a great man, but he's managed Everton, so you know, you can't love him forever. Um Gerard's not gonna do that. Like 
I think he knows that that flirtation he had with Chelsea during his playing career and the backlash he faced within the city and the threats and stuff like that was as wrong as some of it might have been. He knew which side his bread was buttered and he weren't going to, you know, spit on his own people as such. Um, I think it's a bit of a shrewd move for the lad. I didn't think he'd go this soon. I thought he'd see out the season with Rangers and maybe try and get another title in the bag and, you know, bulk up his CV with silverware and I think he could have maybe won a, a domestic cup and you know just put up a few more notches on his on his bedpost but as it is the way I see it is Villa's a safe club in terms of the Premier League status of a big club the, they've got ambitions to be within Europe they've got ambitions to be challenging at the top end of the table and they're not really in threat of going down, although his mantra this season is probably if you stay up, you've done okay. Um so he he's not he's not just gonna take a job for the sake of taking it, he's been linked with many. If you look at jobs that are available or were available in the last couple of weeks, Newcastle, risky job, a lot of pressure with the money, the fans, um, expecting a lot. It, it, it's a dodgy job to take. A Norwich more than likely probably going to go down um, and that then leaves you in the championship and that's a hard league to get out of um, so I think it's it's a smart move and he's only probably taking it now because there's only a couple of clubs in the league who you'd probably say is a safe bet to take maybe Brighton as they currently are West Ham but these two teams aren't going to get rid of the managers so I think he's not. He's got this season for free. Next season's when he's going to be judged. But I think it's a safe move. And as a Liverpool standpoint, it it will see if he's good enough for us or not. This is this is the acid test now. Can he do it in the Premier League? If he if he's just sort of run the mill, then there's more experienced managers out there and better qualified to take us. If he does something special, then maybe he has the fella to take us on. That that's that's probably how I see it. Yeah, Dave, and this, I think this is really significant and more so than anything else because I don't think people realise how big a club Aston Villa are. And you'll probably know. Uh, <laughs> they are. European Cup winners. <laughs> you're absolutely European Cup winners. There's there's some so-called massive clubs that haven't got close to that. Um, but this... this for me, I think this is a brilliant platform for him. To what you would call people use the term "sleeping giant" for Newcastle United, but this really is a sleeping giant, isn't it? Oh, without a doubt. And um, like they've been up and down since then, Dave. And and you know they've had some iconic managers in their day. Well, not not modern day, but they were a, like the stadium, the fan base. It, it, you know everything about that club is is built to last. You know what I mean? They are. They're part of European royalty. They've won it. I'm sorry, they have. You have to call them what they are. They're European royalty, and it's, and, it, and you know, to be honest with you, it's. Uh, I'm not sure now. The only the only thing I have that I, the question I would ask is, you know, it's quite clear that Gerrard's on a pathway here. I think we all, any Liverpool fan, will see this pathway, and he had to take this opportunity, and, and I wish him very very well with it. But I'm just wondering if you were sitting as a Villa fan. And and you know he starts to do well, and you know what's coming. You know Klopp's going, and 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 you know what's going to happen. You know, the, the, there's. I think it's sort of it, it might be a bittersweet one. I'd I'd like to actually hear what the Villa fans have to say about it because 
again, do, do, do they see this pathway that, you know, we as Liverpool fans, it's since they already left, we've been looking at the pathway to bring them back. And like, let's be honest, we'll have, you know, someday I'll come back and manage us. So, you know, if our second greatest ever midfielder, Jesus Christ, who wouldn't want him back? Um, fucking icon of the club. Um, but it'll be strange. To, I think it'll be strange to see him in the Premier League managing another team. I think I'll take a bit of getting over. But then there's this bittersweet again because I don't have to watch that Scottish bollocks. Um, that because I was I started to watch but bits and pieces of Rangers games just because of Stevie because I fucking hate the old firm. Um, can't be doing Scottish football at all. Um, so it's nice to get him back to England and get a, you know a, a better look at him. And I, I would love to see him take Villa to Europe. I'd love to see him get Villa. You know, even even the Europa League. You know, do well, as you say. It's a sleeping giant. It's it's a it's a massive massive club like Rangers was when he took over. There's there's similarities, albeit the times the time scales are are much more um, exaggerated. But if if Jared gets there and he gets them going, they have a fan base of a crowd. Um, they have a tradition, and and the majority of people standing those those terraces today are are listening to to, to, to their fathers, my age or their grandfathers. Um, you know, telling the stories about when they were a fucking great team, and and maybe just maybe if Jared does the same magic that he did um, in in Scotland, and I, 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 there's something about him, I think Dave, for 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 my money, he's he's a man motivator, and and I think you know his playing career he led by example, and I think he's carried that into the management side of things. Do you know what I can see him do? I can honestly see him doing really well there. Yeah, Chief, it's, I don't know how I feel about it from the perspective of this almost feels like kind of make or break for him when it comes to the Liverpool job, doesn't it? I almost feel he might have had a better chance had he just stayed in Scotland for a couple of years, won a couple of titles, done well in Europe, and he might have got that move down. But this is very much all or nothing, do you think? Uh, potentially, potentially. I mean, if it goes absolutely tits up, then it could be. Um, it, it could it could scupper his chances. Certainly, of being the next Liverpool manager. But I think uh, I think Jay was right when he said it's the acid test. You know, it's um, it's as everyone's mentioned, it's a big club with a with a fervent fan base. Um, and a lot of money behind it right now. Plenty of money bankrolling it. Plenty of new signings. Pl- plenty of young players and, uh, and and players you can do something with. It's a good squad. Um, it's a team that's punching well below its weight. Uh, with the, with the squad they have, they should be they should certainly be top half. Um, and you know he's he's basically. As as was mentioned, he's got a free one this year. So if he can get them, if he can get them punching their weight and get them into the top ten, you know he's he's already gonna be, he's already gonna have done a good job. So so put it like that, because because under your man, who I don't rate at all, Dean Smith, um, they were going nowhere, um, and you know it's been laid bare how much he relied on on Grealish to bail him out. Um, since Jackie Boys left, um, it's mad. I saw last season the games he didn't play. They got um thirteen points from twelve games. Yeah, 
Yeah, he's been he's in the Premier. I, I didn't pay attention to Villa in the Championship. I don't suppose many of us pay too much attention to the Championship other than our coupons on a on a Saturday. But um, you know, in the in the Premier League, they were they were so reliant on Grealish. It's it's not quite true. And and the chickens have come home to roost since since he left. They have, despite the money that was spent, despite the players that have been brought in, they've they've not. They've not achieved, and they've, uh, in fact, been poor uh, pretty much all season. Um, so yeah, it's 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 a good job for him. I totally agree with Jay. It's it's a it's a nice club to be moving to. Uh, they're a big club, as all this has been mentioned. So I think it's a good move. Am I worried? Well, not really, because if he doesn't. Because he's got all the conditions, as we've just mentioned, to to do a good job at Villa. He's got all the right circumstances. And if he doesn't do a good job over the next couple of seasons, because he probably get the, the two seasons as at least, as as was mentioned already, then you'd probably say, well, you know, love you, Stevie, and all, but probably take a wee while before you're um you're the right caliber to to come in. And for me, that's that's better than um than then I'm going, then I'm staying in Scotland, uh, winning a couple of titles, getting the semi-final of a Europa League, and then coming down, being given the Liverpool job, and really, literally not having any Premier League experience at all, and finding a whole kind of, you know, in management obviously, and finding a whole, you know, different ball game, and 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 not being able to to cut the mustard. I mean, Dave mentioned he's our second best ever midfielder. I'm guessing he's counting Graham Sooners as our first. And if that's, you know, you just certainly don't want him. Of course. Sooners' <laughs> his path, do you? You know, Sooners went to Rangers, won eight in a row, was it? Um, seemed to be the next best thing in management. Came to Liverpool and absolutely destroyed it. Um, took us took us 20 years to get back. Neil, it's worth, worth, worth mentioning as well. At a time, you know, if Jared does take us over, it's going to be a transition time. Like he was taking, a, like when absolutely, was there. It, it 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 really resonates. It would be a mirror image. It would have been a mirror image, basically, if Jared had stayed at Rangers for six years or something, and then come to us after our most successful manager of the Premier League era leaving, because you've got Kenny Kenny moving on, and 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 Sunez, as you've mentioned, and that was a car crash, an absolute car crash, and Sunez has not been. Loved by Liverpool fans in the same way since. So you don't want that happening to Stevie. So I, I think it's a good move for him. And I think we need that as as fans of Liverpool. And Liverpool needs that as a club to, to, to be able to put him to the test, really, before sort of handing him the reins. He's not yeah, doing I, the I, Frank Lampard or the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer boot of small club and taking the big job because you're a club legend. Exactly, and then he's, he's doing the smart thing and yeah. taking the medium yeah. stuff. He, he's been he's been very strategic with what looks like almost a very kind of German career progression that he's planned for himself here from from stepping into you know the youth sides in, in Liverpool, um, cutting his teeth there, taking what's a big job in a in a small league with no disrespect to Scotland, but unfortunately it has become that, and then. You know, moving on to, to a mid-table, a mid-table Premier League side to see if he can take the next step. 
Yeah, and just on that, just you mentioned the German sort of career path and thought out. It certainly wouldn't surprise me if he's in regular contact with Klopp, you know, talking, you know, discussing and and, and chatting because by all by all accounts to get on very well, and it was Klopp that brought him in, wasn't it, to to the youth setups and stuff. Um, and then you know he's on record as saying that they've been chatting while he's at Rangers and so on. So it wouldn't surprise me at all. So yeah, it makes sense. Are you trying to sell a uh, Oxley chain once over in January then, yeah? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. So, um, thanks for joining us, guys. Thanks for your time. That was um, very interesting, as always. So, un- until next time, and until after the international break, up the chief wishes Oxley Chamberlain Liss Reds. 